Hi everyone. Yes, I am back with another book review. And let me tell you, these book reviews are going wonderful. But today, I'm going to be doing one over Mr. Al Green. Yes, baby, let's get let's get it together. Let's stay together. How can we mend a broken heart? Tired of being alone? Some of his favorite songs, and to me, his wonderful songs. So, without further ado, first of all, let's get in our chair on our couch. Let's get cozy and comfortable. Let's get our team, and let's get started. Here we go. So, Albert Lawrence Green was born to Cora and Robert Greeny. Now, I don't know if they was actually meaning to spell it G-R-E-E-N-E. Don't know, but we're going to say green. Okay. He was born April the 13th, 1946. But before I get started on that tea, let me get on this tea. Al Green will talk in his autobiography and even in his books as the third person. So we have Reverend Al Green. We have Al Green, or we have Little Al. So, whenever I say either one of those three, we are talking about the same person. So, let's get back into it. His mother had Al Green on the floor. I guess Al Green was coming. He wasn't waiting to get on top of the doctor's table. Hey, he was ready to enter this world, and so he did. Let me tell you, he did. How many parents or women thought they had enough time to get ready, to be in bed, to have contractions, the heartbeat and all that, and then boom, the baby is born. That's probably how she felt. She probably was, dang, Al, you coming so fast. But anyway, Robert, or as they call him, or he calls himself, Al Green, was the sixth of ten children. Five girls and five boys. And let me tell you, I guess that was common back in those days because, wow, having all those children, whew, that would tear my body and my mind down. But I guess back then, it was, what, I guess happy time. They couldn't say no. They didn't say no. The women just had babies after babies after babies. But back in those days, they had farms and acres of corn and wheat and animals and just, I don't know. They were just populating and church. That's all they did. Populating church. But let's get back into the team. Robert Green was Al Green's dad. He was an uneducated, very uneducated sharecropper employed by Paul Benson. And they lived on the Red Gum Plantation. Now, let's stop on that note. Back in those days, there was a lot of plantations. You know, even though that people stopped being slave masters and slaves or slave owners, they still lived on the plantation because that's all they knew at that time. They didn't have no money to travel nowhere else. They didn't basically have anything, so they had to do what they had to do. And the Green family was staying on the plantation still. And I bet you at that time, 
for a black man, even for black people, even people in general. It was hard knowing that you didn't have no education. You hardly didn't make no money. You had all these mouths to feed, a wife to take care of. Hey, what else could you do? And these houses wasn't no big extravagant houses. These houses was dirt floor homes, probably a two bedroom, maybe even a one bedroom. We don't know, but whatever it was, it helped 10 kids and two adults. Wow, that was crazy. I know, I'm too young to even know about plantations, actually like living on one, not reading about them, but I had grandparents and my grandmother had a lot of children on both sides of the boat. Still, and they had farms and they had animals. I don't know, it was just crazy, but let's believe me. Wow, three is enough, let alone 10, 15. But back in those days, it was common. But let's get back into the tea. So Al Green spilled a little tea or said a little shade in his autobiography book about his dad, Robert, and his mom, Cora. They was distant cousins. I'm going to let you think about that for a minute. Distant cousins. Yes, they was family. I don't care how distant you are. I don't care if you're the third, fourth, fifth cousin. That's still nasty. Your dad and your cousin. Was that common back then too? Because I sure didn't never uh, know about it. My mama's side, daddy's side, never do nothing like that. And here we is, right here, distant cousins. Oh, Lord Jesus. But anyway, so in this in their household, they always did church. They went to two different churches and Cora always picked what church they was going to. And they went, they sung, and they had a good time. But at home, hey, the children couldn't sing or play anything but gospel music. But boy, their daddy Robert, strangely enough, he always wanted gospel music in the house, but on the weekends, that man was out there in them streets, dirt streets at that, drinking at them old nightclubs and them holding the wall clubs, drinking and playing and singing them secular music. But at home or even on Sundays, it was all about Christian. Al Green said his daddy was a hypocrite, straight down hypocrite. And I can understand. Robert was like Sam Cooke on a Saturday night and he ain't got nobody. But he got money to spend. But that's just me. And it seemed like Al's dad didn't even, I guess, want him to be around. I don't know. I kind of got the feeling when they started the group, the older siblings, older brothers started the group. They didn't want Al to be in that group because they said he was too small and too scrawny and he couldn't even hold a note. That's what they thought. But as Al put in his books, his brothers were more muscular built, more broad shoulders, more buffed, as they say it today. And I guess Al was like a toothpick. Just imagine how he looked back in those days compared to now. But hey, I don't even know. But let's get this tea going. Al said that his father had an alcohol problem. Alcoholism, he said, ran all through his daddy's blood. And he was violent. Al said he could remember one time his dad hitting him. 
But the majority of the time, Robert was always hitting on his mama. And I, I don't know. You know, you stop to think and you wonder and you're like, wow, was all the people back then, the men violent? Is that all that they knew was hitting on their wives, beating their wives, whooping their children like that? I could understand discipline, but my God, this was abuse. Cheating on their wives, alcoholism, all these orgy parties and stuff. I mean, I'm not saying Mr. Robert had all that going on, but he did have a lot of it. Wow. I mean, good gracious, was one woman not enough? I mean, I understand you're depressed because you're on this plantation or vice versa or you working all this time for this share as being a sharecropper and you only making a little amount of money yes that would make you feel like you're nothing and would put you in a depressed state but my god that so much depressed you gotta put your hands on your wife and your children uh-uh uh-uh no 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 keep your hands and feet and objects to yourself if you did not learn that in kindergarten or grade school Somebody should have taught Robert that. Keep your hands to yourself. Cora ain't no punching bag. And I would have been like, look, Robert, you got one more time to hit up on me. I done had all these kids for you and you want to put your hands upon me? <laughs> what? Uh-uh. We not supposed to do that. We are not supposed to do that, Robert. You better go on somewhere. And Al did say, now his family did believe in that voodoo stuff. Dust, uh, uh, sprinkling a little dust here and there, and all that. Now he did say that in his own words that his family did believe and 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 practice a little bit of that voodoo stuff. Hey, that's just what he said. So, but let's keep that tea going. So you know, on farms you have animals. You have goats, sheep, cows, horses, pigs, as they call them, sows or whatever. At this time, Al had a pet goat named Billy. And he loved this pet goat. And in his book, he said that animals, he understood animals more than he did humans. Some people do feel like that. They could talk to a a goat, I guess. (laughs) How? I don't know. But I guess they had that relationship going on. But anyway, so his dad kept telling him, as any father would tell their child or children, hey, keep your goat tied up, Al. Oh, little Al, go put Billy back in the barn. Billy out here eating up all the crops and all my flower beds and your mama's vegetables. <laughs> we can't have no stew tonight because Billy didn't ate all the corn. Al kept putting Billy up and Billy up and Billy was like, hey, look, I'm a goat, okay? I like trash. I like to eat stuff. And I am tired of you keep putting me in the back of the barn. Do you not know how this barn smells? And you got me all back here tied all up and won't even let me be free as a goat. Shoot. Billy got to lose. And let me tell you, old Billy got a loose. Mr. Robert said, okay, Billy. <laughs> Come here, I got something to show you. Shoot. Robert hacked old Billy on up, skinned him, killed him, skinned him, and chopped him. Brought him on in into Cora. Cora, hey, we got some good old meat tonight. Fix that good old stew. Shoot, Cora washed old Billy on up, seasoned him real good. That little cornbread and potatoes and stuff they had left from the garden. Because you know Billy, he out there eating up stuff. Kids all came down to eat dinner. 
Boy, can you imagine 10 kids at the table? Shoot. They was like, oh, we got some stew tonight. They sat on down and they was eating all good and stuff. And you knew Cora was like, somebody gonna tell Al that this is his goat. This is Billy. Nobody didn't say nothing though. Because Cora knew better. Because she was already scared that Robert was going to attack her again. So she didn't say nothing. She had that head down eating. Robert had his head down eating too. Because I guess he was too scared also. I don't know. I guess the meat was good. I don't know at all. But I'll tell you one thing. Billy had to be a big old goat to feed 10 kids and 2 adults. But Al said Ooh, to himself, well, this is the best meat I have ever eaten. I bet he was over there smacking he looked at his mama, Cora, and said, Mom, ooh, what kind of meat is this? Cora didn't say a word. I bet you she was thinking, <laughs> oh, Billy boy, <laughs> it's tasty. Do you hear me? <laughs> Can you imagine eating your pet goat? Not no. Hey, where's the hooves? <laughs> but anyway, so he asked his daddy, Dad, what kind of meat did mama cook? Shoot. When they told old Al that it was Billy the Goat, <laughs> Al was upset. Do you hear me? Al was mad because Billy the Goat did got a ah. Hey, he told old Billy, now, you stay tied up. Billy didn't listen. Now, Billy's dinner for the night. But we keep it on going up into here. So time was going on and on and they was doing things, and Al still wanted to sing. And then brothers was like, no. Uh-uh. You can't sing. You can't carry your note. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And in mind you this, he probably was singing a little bit here and there. You know how churches is. When them sunshine bands and little children choir and a teenage choir, and you got the adult choir. He probably was singing then, probably in the little small choirs. I don't know. But hey crazy right but in 1955 Robert and his family back in those days was share, you know sharecropping corn and wheat and wherever else they could find you know a little jobs to do or whatever and I guess back in those days $800 was a lot but to Robert $800 was like oh no uh-uh this, this is all we made we made $800 and I didn't bust in my butt and my boys. All this. <laughs> he was like, oh no. Oh no, no. Uh-uh. Something, uh-uh. This ain't right. This ain't right. Cora, Cora. Get on up. Go on and get them kids out of bed and tell them boys this and, and, and them girls, let's pack up all the stuff. Cause we getting up out of here. We getting up off the plantation tonight. Okay? and I didn't broke my back? Shoot. I can't support y'all and these kids with only $800. That's just, that ain't even enough. They got into that GMC truck, packed up everything, put a bed of mattresses over top of this, so it probably wasn't nothing fly out. And drove on off in the sunset, in the dust to Rapid City. Memphis, of course. Shoot, uh-uh. I guess when they got down there, they had to find jobs and everything, working at different places, car washes, 
the kids went to school, but still, that's belittling yourself into a car wash, and y'all have all this talent, but you know what? That didn't stop him from drinking. That didn't stop him from partying. And Cora knew. Cora knew what Robert was doing. She was biding the time. She was biding the time. Mm-mm. She was like, mm-mm. Hey, 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 hey. What's the problem? What's the problem? But as time went on, Al found a friend. His name was Lee. And they became very good friends. Even though Lee was a little bit older than Al, he took Al up on his wings. Because he said Al wasn't no street person. Al was more of a homebody. You know, sheltered a little bit. You know, he he, he wasn't no street person. Because you got the street people and then you got the non-street. Al wasn't no street. He was non. But Lee took him up on his wing and Lee helped him out. And by that time, they were singing here and there. Different places and stuff. And at that time, that's when Al actually showed them, hey, I got a voice. I got a voice. And when they heard him sing, little Al took it. You hear me? He stole the spotlight. Yes, he did. They didn't want that old gospel group on. They wanted Al. They wanted little Al. Hey, they wanted Al Green. <laughs> right? How can you mend a broken heart? <laughs> From eating no belly. But anyway, so time was going on and on and hey, while they were still singing, all the family, the males to be exact, all the brothers, the dad and the sons was all working at a car wash. They had to make some type of money to support the family and they did. Al went on to eventually move from away from the family and before he did, you know, he graduated. And you know how some parents can, some parents with problems of alcoholism and violence or depression or schizophrenia or bipolar, mental problems, they might say things that can and is hurtful. And that's just what Robert did to Al. He didn't say that to none of them rest of them boys, but to Al, he did. Robert said, Al, you're not going to be worth a dime. That's what he told us. You ain't going to be worth no dime. Not even a dime. And at that time, when Al Green was getting ready to graduate from high school, that hurt him. Being in school, your dad, your dad telling you, the man that you looked up to, your father, that you are not going to be worth nothing. Nothing. Not even a dime. But let me tell you, his mother was always in his court. Cora was always there. Always. But still, Cora was still scared of Mr. Robert. That's why when Al Green graduated from high school, none of his family members was there. None of them. Not even the brothers. Not even the sisters. Especially not even his daddy. The way he was talking and mistreating Al. But not even his mom. Now, I'm not knocking dads down. But it's different about the mothers. When your own mom won't come to your graduation... Let me tell you, that destroyed Al Green so bad, that just tore his little heart down. You know his mind wasn't completely too right anyway with eating Billy the goat. Being mistreated, not being allowed to join the group family group, uh, spiritual group. And then to hear your dad tell you you're not going to be worth a dime and then nobody showed up at your graduation. He said, but him. 
He was the only one there rooting for him. Whew. Let me tell you, honey, Al moved. Al was like, I'm getting away from y'all niggas. Uh-uh. Bye. This is, I'm not going to take this no more. So Al moved with Lee. And at that time, Lee contacted a small-time promoter in the town of Bottle Creek by the name of Big Jim Sweet. Big Jim Sweet. Crazy. Yeah. Hello? Ask Lynn, can she ask Brooklyn to bring y'all home? What did she say Then call me back and let me know, Tariq. Alright, man. Honey, if you heard some silence, I was pondering over what was really going on. Do you hear me? Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. But the house was the house band that really took off or really saw a potential in Mr. Al Green was the house band. And that was J.R. Walker and the All-Stars. They took a liking to Al Green and, you know, showed him the ropes. Al Green went on to be very successful. Yes, he had some issues, some deep issues with women, with commitment, um, just on being who he was. Now, let me tell you, Al Green was a looker. Very handsome young man. Um, loved to dress fashionable. Loved to jump around on stage. And loved to wear um, bracelets and, and jewelry and stuff like that. To me, Al Green said, hey, he's going to be like Johnny Taylor. And he's going to make a name for himself. Lay your head on my pillow. How can you mend a broken heart? Let's stay together. That's like, oh my God. Love and happiness. So he went on to become somebody successful. And still is successful to this day. To this day. It's crazy how life can treat you when you are younger. And then it mellows out somewhat. A little bit. There is another book of his that he wrote that I'm going to jump into when it comes in about the other part of his life. But this part was just a little brief um, history of how he got started. But you know one thing I have to say, he really didn't like Rapid City Memphis. Rapid City he did not like. He got out of there quickly. Because I guess there was more of the people there that was trying to get their stardom on singing and everything like that. And he just couldn't, he couldn't do it. He just couldn't get his feet or his grasp together. Which is crazy. Because he made a lot of songs. A lot of songs. Um, And, you know, I just wonder what made the men back in those days so violently. Is it because the... Plantation owner, well, I know it was, not thinking, me, that 
plantation owners was very mean to the to the slaves that stayed or that lived there. But my question is, why would you take it out of your family? Yeah, I'm still waiting on that too. Or your or your children. Yes, we get we get crazy sometimes. Things happen. Hey, we get frustrated, we get irritable, but there's never a time that you should ever put your hands on your wife, a woman at all, or your children. But hey, Robert thought so. And I still get tickled, okay? Because eventually Cora did leave old Robert. Cora said, look, this is it, Robert. We're done. I'm not gonna take no more of your beatings. You're not gonna hit on me no more. We are finished. I didn't have these kids for you. And you gonna treat me like this? Nay, nay, not no more. But it still tickled me too that old Robert and them was eating Billy the goat. So I thank you for coming on the mind. Teacher book review book review podcast for Mr. Al Green, aka Little Al, and it's known today as Reverend Al Green. You stay safe, be happy. Thank you.